welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to this spirit-filled word by David Entry. A time to hear God's word is a time to be visited. May you receive a visitation as you listen to this message. Be blessed. Romans chapter 5 verse 10 and verse 11. Romans chapter 5, verse 10 and verse 11. It says that, For if, let's all read it out from the screen. Let's go. I want us to read it from the screen. Let's go together. Verse 11. And not only so, but we also joy in God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we are. Amen. Father, what we don't know, teach us. Who we are not, make us. Where we are not, take us. To the majestic glory of your name, in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you, since you became a Christian, maybe you've become a Christian for some time, after six months, Usually kicks in, say, after six months or something. You realize that you have um, work on your hands to conform to Christ. You, you see that there's a law in your members. Yeah. The verse 21 on Romans chapter 7, it says that, I find then that evil is present with me, the one who, who wants to do good. I say, it's me. You are not born again. I want to do good. But in my attempt to do good, I realize there's still something present with me. This thing is messing me up. I find the proclivity for porn is still present with me. The proclivity for gossip is still present with me. The tendency, the desire, the inclination. For unforgiveness is still present with me. Sometimes you want to forgive, but you are struggling to forgive. Sometimes you don't want to say some things, but you are struggling to not to say. And you always seem to tend to say it, even though you didn't want to say. When you become a Christian, that's when you find out that you do. You find yourself doing things that you actually hate to do. Where is that coming from? It's called the law. There's a, a finding, a, a law, King James, I think. That, okay, said, I find then a law. It's a law. What sort of law is that? That evil is present with me when I want to do the good. Evil is present with me. When I want to do the, the law of God as I was teaching the other time. I will, so you hear pastor preaching, the fruit of the spirit, or how to avoid fornication how to work uh, with the Lord or be a, a serious Christian. But sometimes you are in church and you are feeling so bad. You are feeling so bad because of stuff that people don't know about. But it's just, just that this evil that is present with me. Like someone once they told me that he told God, God, the next time I... I fornicate, make me die. 
No, that, that, that's, that's how intense, that's how intense the abhorrence for fornication is to the person. That's, that's how serious. So he's not telling his friend, he said, God, you're there. Or if you don't want me to die, then make me impotent. Yeah. Yeah. There are people who feel like I am telling your story. Because, because it's not new. It's not new to their, our life in Christ. It's like death worketh in me. No one I say who delivered me from this body of death. Romans 6, 6 says this body of sin. Romans 6, 6 talks about the body is a body of sin. Romans 7, 24 talks about the body is a body of death. Romans 5, 12 says that by one man, sin came in. So Adam was the door and sin became the door for death. So Romans 7, 11 says that sin took occasion of God's law and killed me by the, the law. So sin introduced death. What is death? Our inability to respond to God the way we should. It's like sleep paralysis. You are hearing preaching, but it's like sleep paralysis has manifested in your spiritual attempts. Is anyone getting what I'm saying? You are not a hypocrite. You are not a hypocrite. You are not a hypocrite. It's just that death is working in your members. Death is working. So what is the solution? Who delivered me from this body? Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Thank God through Christ, Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind, I myself, I'm a, I, I serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. If you stay in the flesh, you serve the law of sin. Now, the solution for this to this particular problem I'm describing is hidden in the text we read. Romans chapter 5 verse 10. It talks about if when we were enemies, say enemies, what an enemy needs really is not just forgiveness of sins. What an enemy needs really is, 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 is not um, justification. Yeah. Enemy. If you are an enemy, it's not forgiveness of sins you want. Even though it's good, we needed more than forgiveness of sins. I taught this in KP2. We needed reconciliation. Not just justification. Not just forgiveness of sins. 
Because our relationship with God, or we have been estranged from God. Our sins can be, how many of you have ever forgiven someone who hurt you, but they never became your friends again? Yeah. I left it. Uh, or I loaned you money. And a, a thousand pounds. You forgot to pay. For, for three years. And now you are coming for another thousand pounds or two thousand pounds of it. Do you know what? I've decided I've left that one. But I'm not ready to leave this one. So I have forgiven you that debt. But I am not bringing you back to someone who I freely give money to. Or loan money, lend money to. So you can be forgiven and yet not reconciled. Sinners need forgiveness of sins. But enemies need more than forgiveness. Needs reconciliation. It says, if when we were what? Enemies, not just sinners. So we had a complicated problem. We were sinners, but not just sinners. We also were enemies. People who are not born again are enemies. Yes. God himself took the singular responsibility by reconciling us to himself. How? First, through the redemptive work of Christ on the cross. Now, so the redemption gave us forgiveness of sins because the problem came with sin. So the sin issue needs to be sorted first. And then we are justified. Justification means that you stand before God just as if you haven't sinned. So your sins have been forgiven. And so forgiveness of sins or propitiation, I thought on that, Propitiation is simply appeasement. So somebody is very upset with you because you smashed their bowl or their nice plate or their ceramic. Beautiful, you smashed it. And they are very upset. And then your, your cousin who deals with all this special chinaware brings a whole set which is even far better than their own. You know, they, they'll, be, they'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, it's like they have been at peace. That's it. You are making so much now about this thing. Okay, now take it. They've given it. You can't make it anymore. So appeased. That's propitiation. Christ's death appeased the wrath of God. Anyone who tells you God only has love, doesn't have wrath, has misrepresented God. It's a gross misrepresentation of God to, to purport that he can't be angry. He doesn't have wrath. Romans chapter 1 verse 18 said, the wrath of God. The wrath of God is revealed. Can you imagine? He said the wrath is revealed from heaven against, not against animals or demons. Against all ungodliness and righteousness of, not devils, of people. The wrath, God has wrath. So why are people saying, it doesn't matter what you have done. You know, God doesn't mind. No, he actually minds. God, God does mind. He has wrath. Bible talks about, I think, said, let's, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, they're wrath. What they're telling you is empty words. They're deceiving you. 
that God doesn't mind, you know. No one will go to hell. Everybody will get to heaven because God is such a loving God. Why are you, why are you, why are you misrepresenting God? That's just a loving God, but it's also a God of justice and holiness. Is that the wrath of God? Because of these things, the wrath of God, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes. Hey, some things are inviting God's wrath. United Kingdom, wake up. It's just, you just, you are calling for God to show that he can be a God of anger. Anyway, so God has wrath. But can a human being offend God? And what can you do to appease God? That God is so, <sighs> money can't, how much money can you give? So, okay, if, 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 you, if you murder somebody's son, say God forbid, or somebody's daughter, or somebody's wife, or somebody's, and he said, don't worry, I'll give you money for it. What do you mean? You knew what you were doing, and you did it, and he said, I'll give you money for it. No amount of money, if your father owns the world, can bring back the loved one you have. In the same way, there's no amount of good works or money or religious activities we do that can bring back, back the peace of God, which he had with man, which Adam lost. Can, can you compensate for all that others have done and you have born into it? So then it takes God himself to say that I have to find a way of appeasing myself else I will never forgive any, any human being. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 18 and 19 and 20 says that God was in Christ. Hey! Let's go from 18 please. And all things are of God. Who has reconciled us to himself? How? By Christ Jesus. And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19. He reconciled to God by Christ Jesus. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed to us the, the ministry of the word of reconciliation. So he was actually in Christ. In what way? When Christ was dying on the cross, according to Romans chapter 3 from verse 24, 25, the propitiation to appease God was upon Christ. Hebrew um, Isaiah chapter 15, it says, for the uh, 53, I'm sorry, Isaiah 53, for the chastisement of our peace was upon him. My God, from verse 5 and 6, Isaiah 53. The punishment that when I used to be in uh, uh, Bible school in Katie, we used to sing this song, for the punishment, uh, I love you for the cross. I'm overwhelmed by the victory. When you were punished, you were chosen. You were, I am free. Some of these songs are good, you know, but um, <laughs> it says that for the punishment of my peace was upon him. Isaiah chapter 53 says that, but he was wounded for our translation. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his, with his stripes we were healed. So the peace that you need, what it to cost to get it, it was put on Christ. He paid the, the price so that we can have peace with God. Hallelujah. So, so we have been reconciled to God through the propitiation and the justification that came through Christ's redeeming death on the cross. Does that make sense? Does that make, I'm, I'm teaching you a very Christian message. 
Christian message. This is what determines how we became Christians. Now, now going back to Romans chapter 5, it says that, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God, how? Through the death of his son. So the death paid for our sins, paid for our redemption, and made us or brought us justification, according to Romans chapter 3, verse, verse 24. It was the blood of Christ that brings us justification. So Romans 3 says, being justified freely by the grace, that is, you see, by his grace, through the redemption that is in Christ, the redeeming work on the cross is what brings us, now God said, go look at Christ and says you are free. You are, you are just fine. You are fine. I'm fine with you because of Christ. Wow. God says, I'm fine with you now. Because propitiation, the next verse talks about whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood. So God, God's wrath that was supposed to come to us was all poured on Christ on the cross. That's why when he poured it, he said, hey, Ali, Ali, he said that on your behalf. Not on his behalf. He was punished for us. So the punishment that brings our peace was upon him. Wow. He died that I might walk free. That, that's what makes you a Christian. So, so if you look at the first part of Romans chapter 5, verse 10, it mentions death. But death is not the only one, only thing mentioned. So when you read Romans, it's 16 chapters. The first four chapters are dealing with death, the death of Christ. Spoke more about death. But the last 12 chapters speak more about life. So when you look at this text, it talks about how if we, if by, if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through his death, the death of his son, much more. Having been reconciled, shall we be What is the meaning of that? How can someone be reconciled to God and is still not saved? Because it looks like if when we were enemies, we were reconciled, is it present, past, or future tense? Reconciled. This is simple grammar. I know you didn't. But this is grammar. It's not, it's not a trick question. Reconciled. Is it past, present, or past? So if you are in Christ, it means you have been reconciled. It's already happened. Okay? Anyone who is that's what makes you a believer. Now, I just sometimes I'm struggling, especially in my teachings, to use too much the term Christian because most people don't get it. I feel more comfortable to use believer or redeemed. But anytime I use Christian, just for us to get it. So, when you are in Christ, you have actually been reconciled it's not like God will reconcile you later but he's done it he 
then he's done it. In fact, I think in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says that therefore we, having, having been justified, having been justified, oh, say I'm justified. justified. Now we need to always talk about these things. We don't lose anything if we keep talking about these things. We have more to gain than to lose when we keep talking about, I've heard it over and over. The more, the more you hear, the more your water table goes up. Your, your heartbeat for Christ goes up. These things are as simple as they sound. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. How? Through our Lord. When you're a believer, or when you say you're a Christian, it's a serious thing. You actually have peace with God. Some of you know what it means not to have peace with God. Yes. If you don't know what it means not to have peace with God, I don't think you are saved. <laughs> because that is what drives you to look for salvation. <laughs> I told you some time ago, Pastor, when I used to be in church, like the mass, 14 times a week, there are times I'm in the service and I feel I'm lost. I just, I just, I don't know what was missing, but I just feel something was not right in my life. And it's not like I'm sick. It's not like uh, I had a problem with my exam or domestic. No, 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 nothing. But I just knew something was missing. My life is not okay. Until I found Christ, I said, ah, I've seen the light now. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. So, so when you, you, uh, you, have, you, are, you are in Christ, you, have really, you actually have peace with God. That's why sin disturbs you like that. Yeah. Sin destabilizes your internal equilibrium. Mm. It just destabilizes you. Yes. you. You, if you sin and you are not be desensitized, mm. that you sin, you don't feel anything. No, no, no. You, you, you. <laughs> I like that. You are in trouble. <laughs> yeah. If gossiping doesn't make you feel uncomfortable again, if fornication doesn't make you feel uncomfortable, if porn doesn't make it, you, you've broken. The, you've gone to the other side. Yeah, you've gone to the. You've gone past the orbits. You know, when, when you go past the orbit, gravity doesn't work again. Yeah, you get into space. You break into the orbit, gravity. You just float. Yeah. On your own. <laughs> if, is it not a medical condition? If you go to the hospital and they use something to. And you don't feel it. You don't feel it. <laughs> you know, usually when you go under general anesthesia, they, they'll be talking to you and check your level of consciousness. And then when you are going, they can tell. But if, and then when ambulance comes, when there's a crisis, ambulance comes, they try to ask you a few questions to see how you, you could, uh, orientation, that's the word. Your, just to see your orientation. When they say, what's your name? They say, I'm a Jew. <laughs> We're from this one. <laughs> What's your name? Michael Jackson Apia. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. Something is wrong. If you start feeling uncomfortable, if you stop feeling uncomfortable when you sin, bro, you're not okay. I like the way you are saying it. That's very scary, though, but it's the truth. You are in trouble. 
Yes, Satan has gotten so close. In fact, Satan has finally managed to do this with to you. Uh, <laughs> so then, when someone falls to sin and comes to tell you, this has happened to me, first of all, you should rejoice for the person. Yeah. That they are not hiding their sin. That's a sign of someone who is alive unto God. Yeah. Stop just taking the painkillers to deaden where you are feeling the pain. I'm not talking physically before you go and tell the pastor. Yeah. <laughs> Spiritually, you have managed to swallow so many. Is it cocodun? Cocodamo. <laughs> what are some of the strong ones? Morphine. You have taken spiritual morphine. So you are able to come to church and still do praise and worship after fornication. No, no, you should. You should be able to, but it, you don't feel anything. You don't feel anything. Your plan is after church, you are going again. You have taken a lot of kokodo, uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Morphine. Yes. Steroids. You are on steroids spiritually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is someone listening to me? Am I, I preaching at all? <laughs> so, but pastor, all, enough of all these things. I need to, so I, I don't, I'm not happy about what's going on with me because Today I've messed up. <laughs> we have peace with God because we are justified. We have actually been justified. That's what makes us be able to pray. That's what makes us be able to go, come boldly before the throne of grace. You can come. You just come because you don't have a problem. You come. Because you have a problem. When you're driving, you see police stopping cars, and everything is fine. You just, you just drive. But when you, hey, you have to do reverse and change your route. <laughs> you don't have peace. So you can't come boldly. Thank you, Jesus. So Romans chapter 5, verse 10 talks about, if when we were enemies, we were reconciled, how much more having been reconciled? Is it past? We shall be saved by his love. We what? We. It's that's future. But how can you be reconciled without being saved? Is it for there's no salvation in any other name? So when you come, after, whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So salvation really means to be justified. To be, and when you are justified, you are reconciled. Because you are, that's why you have peace with God. So I'm actually reconciled with God. And I'm justified. And I'm saved. So is there any other salvation? Give us the uh, uh, English standard version. English standard version is that if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved? He's still talking, shall we be saved? New American standard version. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. 
that is what I want to I have to try and round up now. We shall be saved. Say, we shall be saved. We shall be saved. This is what he's talking about. We shall be saved. It's not like we were saved. We have actually been saved. There's another type of salvation Tistan is talking about. It's not salvation from hell. It's not salvation from the wrath of God. It's not salvation from the, the punishment of God. That's not the salvation he's talking about because we have, been, we have already been saved from that. Jesus came to save sinners from their sins. He said, repent and you shall be saved. So we have been actually saved from the negative things that we are supposed to suffer because, uh, when we didn't have Christ. Like um, hell, like punishment from God. All that we have been saved. So which salvation is he now talking about that we shall be saved Then in verse 11, he mentions again how we already have some things working for. Not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received that reconciliation. So the reconciliation is past. But there's something ahead. So when you come to Christ, redemption has happened. Justification has happened. Reconciliation has happened. But there is something called sanctification. There is something called transformation. There is something called conformation. Say, Romans chapter 8, verse 29, for those he did predestine, he also did call to be conformed there. This struggle of sin is an indication that somebody has not been conformed. We all, with an open face, beholding us in the mirror, are being transformed. It is the transformation that results in the conformation. That is what glorification means, that God is being glorified in you. Is it getting too complicated or technical? Yeah. So then, so then, are you here with me? So then, three things, redemption, justification, and reconciliation happened. Sanctification. What is sanctification? When God is working himself into you more and more. More and more. The problem, so when we say be sanctified, it means that separate yourself from God. And that's where your problem is. That's why you're doing porn. You're actually saved, but you're still not saved. You are still not saved because the good you will to do, there is something that is in your body that gets activated to block you. And you have to be saved from that thing. And what can save you from the body of death is the life. The spirit of life. It says that for the spirit, the law, Romans 8, 2, of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. 
that is what gives us the ability to be saved from this role of that law that is present when we want to do good. So you don't want to fornicate again. You don't want to gossip again. You don't want to walk in bitterness by keep doing it. Because it's not like that's what you set your heart to do. It becomes the struggle of the body. The struggle of humanity. It's, it's the sense of the human life. That human life, it has an, an inability or it doesn't have the ability to honor God the way you want to do. Therefore, the ability to honor God must come from a certain life of God that has injected into you. You know, um, sometimes when physically you are so tired, they can inject some things into you, you can still... In fact, the other time I was... Um, somebody passed a comment about a certain older man who every morning, sometimes he walks around his big yard compound, is walking around, and this person told me, this man is over 60 and I think almost 70 or so. When you see him walking, if you follow him as a young man, you might end up dying. Because the guys, he said, don't, don't, don't be deceived to think, oh, this older man is doing so I can do it. The amount of supplements of, 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 of that food stuff that is, is working in his body. <laughs> the external influences in the man's body don't be deceived to think that <laughs> you can do what he does. Because he's on something else. So why is he getting this energy from? There's something else that has been imputed and infused in him that is now making him be able to go further than naturally he would have. It's, it's almost like there's another law of energy. So that the weakness, I feel so tired. I, I, I'm tired. Suddenly, this guy doesn't get tired again. Like someone asks the husband, what, what has happened to you? Yeah. Another, another law. <laughs> another law. <laughs> Say another law. <laughs> ah, why are you people so quiet? <laughs> Say another law. Another law. It's called the law of the spirit of life. Romans chapter 5, verse 10 again. Is that okay? We read it out loud. Let's go. Let's read it out loud. Enemies, reconcile to God to the death of his son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by it. By what? His life. He mentions life. Romans, uh, in fact, the same, look at verse 17, verse 18, verse 21. Look at verse 17. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through one, much, see this much more thing again, much more those who receive abundance of grace or, and, the, and of the gift of righteousness will reign where? In life. Verse 18. 
verse 18. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gifts came to all, resulting in justification of life. Verse 21. 21 says that, so then, so then, as sin reigned through in death, even so, grace, you see this thing, even so, I like those ones, so, grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Christ Jesus. So, there's a constant mention of life. Romans chapter 6, verse 4, we shall raise newness of life. Yeah. Romans chapter 8, verse 2, for the, spirit, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. Romans chapter 8, it says that to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritual minded is what? Life. Now, that life, that life is not talking about when we get to heaven. You are alive, but there is this resurrection life. There's the resurrection life that has been afforded anybody who is a believer. And it takes that resurrection life to be able to overpower the law of sin and death that operates in your members. Pastor, so how can I live this? I've been struggling with this. I've been struggling with this. The life of Christ. We have to grow. Colossians chapter 3 verse 4. When Christ, who is our life? You have to. Christ doesn't just give us life. He becomes your life. You are defined by the life of Christ. That's when sin can't have dominion over you. That's when sin cannot have dominion over us. John 10.10 10, That any the thief comes not but to steal, kill. And, but I've come that you might have life. So that resurrection life is what saves us. It saves us from this body of death. You are dealing with the body of death. You need life to save you from this body of death. That resurrection life is what saves us from the body of death. Is someone learning of the atom? When Christ, who is our life. When Christ, who is our life. When Christ, say Christ is my life. Romans chapter 8. Verse 10. What does it say? If Christ, then the body is there because, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. We have life. So now, so now, it says that if we have been reconciled, then this relationship we have in God and the life of Christ that is in us, that is what saves you. It's not your, necessarily your good intentions that save you. What saves you from the control of this body of death that was injected to you, to, into humanity. When we ate the fruits, when Adam ate the fruits in the garden, that, oh, sorry, didn't eat the fruit, he ate of the tree in the garden of Eden, when he ate the tree, he didn't just disobey God. One, he disobeyed God, but he also embraced the nature of the enemy. So, more complicated situation happened, more than disobeying God, because it's a big thing to disobey God. It opened the door. But 
the nature of sin. Revelation chapter 20, it talks about how death will be cast into the lake of fire. So it seems like death is a person. It's a personality. Revelation chapter 20, he said, death itself. He said, then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. The first thing to be cast into the lake of fire is Satan. I think verse 8 or verse 9 or so. Satan was the first to go into the lake of fire. Then death was also cast into the... So this death that is working in us, that makes you unresponsive to the light, the things of God. Unresponsive to the, to the demands of God, to, to what God wants and what you want to do, but you just can't do it. You just can't do it. That's death at work. So you can be a Christian and still you are not saved. Wow. Not saved from hell. I'm not talking about saved from hell. You are not saved from the, this body of death. I, I mean, I, mean you, I know you know it. You know yeah. Yeah. The reason why you're struggling is because the life of Christ is not becoming your full life for living. It's not talk, talking about eternal life. It's talking about the actual life of Christ becomes your living. You are living Christ. Pastor, okay, enough of all this theological stuff and complicated. How do I live it? How do I actually live it? By walking in Christ, being conscious of him. Keeping his word in you. By word have I hid in my heart that I might not keep his word in, 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 in you. Being crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Not, not I, Christ is, that lives in me. So from today... Let Christ be your life. And the life of Christ will save you. Save you. To save you from the things you have to be saved from. In fact, it will save you from yourself. It will save you from your natural man. It will save you from your, your carnal self. It's the life of Christ that can save not only you, all of us. All of us. As long as we live in this body, it becomes a lifetime, a lifelong thing. Amen. Did someone receive something? Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. The best thing that can happen to you is being exposed to the Word of God. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. You can also find more information about Caris Church and our upcoming services by visiting caris.org. Be blessed.